Established by the United States Constitution, the Supreme Court dates back to 1787, but began to take shape with the passage of the Judiciary Act of 1789 and has enjoyed a rich history since its first assembly in 1790. The Supreme Court is deeply tied to its traditions. Of the federal government's three branches, the current court bears the closest resemblance to its original form, which is a 233-year-old legacy. Constitution granted the Supreme Court ultimate jurisdiction over all laws, especially those in which their constitutionality was at issue. The High Court was also designated to oversee cases concerning treaties of the United States, foreign diplomats, admiralty practices, and maritime jurisdiction. The Supreme Court has had nine justices since 1869, but that wasn't always the case. In fact, the number of justices in court fluctuated often between its inception and 1869. Today, the Mike's Opinion podcast explores the Supreme Court, its history, some of its landmark cases that set precedent, and asks the question, should nine people decide how hundreds of millions of people live their lives? You are now listening to Mike's Opinion, Logic Unlimited. That's right, you are now listening to the Mike's Opinion Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. How are you doing today? You know I always want to know. We got a good one for you today, talking about the Supreme Court. If you listen to that intro, hopefully you learned a few things. And let's dive right in, but not yet. Not yet, we're not going to dive right in just yet Because you know I always want to know How are you doing out there? How you doing? January is almost gone Right? The first month Almost gone January is almost gone Listen to the last episode before this And the one before that one about You know, resolutions Just checking in on your resolution I hope you're still sticking to yours I hope Omicron don't have you just tripping I hope the fact that we're about to go to war with Russia Don't have you tripping But today Today's episode is about the Supreme Court. And you say, yo, Mike, why you want to talk about the Supreme Court? Well, check it out. I don't know if you've been tuning in, but the Supreme Court has been all in the news. Okay, they're determining mask mandates. Roe v. Wade is back on the docket, right? So that's what's going on. So I said, you know what? Today would be a good day to talk about the Supreme Court. So yes, now. Let's dive right in. What do you know about the Supreme Court? Like I said, if you're listening to the to the intro, I'm not going to regurgitate all of it. But, you know, we're talking about 230 plus years, right? Okay. Since the late 18th century is what we're talking about. Now, I asked the question. At the end of the intro, should nine people be able to decide how hundreds of millions of people live? Now, if you've listened to me talking about defunding the police, vaccines, and a myriad of other topics, you know I'm a bit of a rebel, and I don't even like that label, right? Rebel. 
Because it, it, it almost implies that I'm going against something that's right. Now, I'm not saying let's throw away all societal structures. Or am I? Am I? Am I saying that? Perhaps. But, you know, I'm down with living in the cave and the loincloth. Every man, woman, femme for themselves. But at the same time, in utopian fashion. Let's come together by the firelight, hold hands in a giant ring of people, and sing Kumbaya by the fire, and let's be peaceful, and everybody's laughing, and hugging, and loving, and happy, but I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer. I'm not afraid to be a dreamer, but that's not the world we live in right now today, unfortunately. No, it's not. We live in a land of heathens and violence and drama. And it seems we may be addicted to the drama as humans because if you date back to the beginning or what we know so far historically as the beginning, motherfuckers can't get along. We can't get along. People, humans, we cannot get along. Right? Therefore, when this country was founded um i mean stolen yeah there's already people here how you gonna find something if people's already here but don't even get me started on that supreme court mike stay focused stay focused stay focused yeah i know i digress y'all know i digress but we're gonna stay focused today but you know nine people and i have always been nine people and they're trying to so-called pack the court now, they being the Democrats who are in power? I say that with a question mark, because are they really? And I don't got, you know, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, our current sitting president, number 46, I think. He just look weak. He just look weak. And I've said this in other episodes when I've touched on the uh, political arena, is an old white dude. Is this the best we can do? And I ain't got nothing against, you know, I'm not a racist. So it really doesn't matter. It shouldn't say old white dude. Just an old dude. And I'm getting old. I ain't got nothing against an old dude. But be strong. Be healthy. Don't look frail and fragile. And Joe, yo, Joe, my man, you look, you look frail and fragile, and you look like your mental capacity ain't all there. But if you know the history of Joe Biden, Joe Biden been letting shit fly out his mouth for a long time. So, but, you know, when Obama was in office, when, when, when John, you know, Kennedy, when JFK was in office, you know, man, he rest in peace. You know, they had that young swagger. They was boning. Well, I know JFK was definitely boning. Even bad Billy Clinton, he was boning, you know, he didn't look, he had the gray hair, but he didn't look frail. And Obama had that swagger. I don't think there was no boning going on with, 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 uh, Obama though, cause Michelle looked like she'll just Lorena Bob at your ass. You know, a lot of sisters don't play that. You cuffed. You cuffed, nigga. But you know, Obama looked like one of them slick cats. Do it on the low, low. Don't nobody know, no. But I digress. I digress. But Joe Biden looked frail. So, 
he don't look, you know, respected. That's why Putin and the boys is, you know, trying to invade Ukraine and Joe talking tough and talking contradictory, saying, you know, one second, I don't know what Putin's going to do. The next second saying his, you know, Putin's invasion is imminent. Which is it, Joe? You don't know what he's going to do or is it imminent? It's that kind of thing that if, you know, if you follow politics or news, you know, you, you, you've seen what's going on in the, the repubs, yo. Mm. They, they just ripping them, ripping them every chance they get. But it's all fodder for the, for the, for the bullshit factory. They both on the same side. They just try to act like they not. But back to the Supreme Court. The Biden administration is considering trying to pack the court, meaning add more than nine justices. Because right now, conservatively speaking, it's a conservative court. I think the latest three justices were appointed by the, um, I almost said the late Donald Trump. Donald ain't dead yet, is he? No, I don't think so. His political ambitions damn sure ain't dead. But they say the walls are closing in on him because you got case after case after case after case. You got these DAs coming after him, these district attorneys that's, that's hell-bent on seeing him and uh, most of his immediate family behind bars. I've always said it's never going to happen. People of this um, class or economic, economic status rarely go to jail. Even more of them have. Look at Bernie Madoff. Giselle. What's her name? Uh, Epstein's girl. Anyway, I can't remember her name right now. However, if he goes to jail, I don't know that's going to be a good thing. Will justice be served? I don't know, because some of these rabid fanatics are going to make January 6th look like a birthday party if he goes to jail. Trump, that is. So. Packing the court, I don't think, is the answer, even though it seems like this system of the Supreme Court seems to me like supreme bullshit. And if you wanted to know my take, that's it in a nutshell. Because nine people, nine people, the Supreme Court, Supreme, like you ever had a Supreme pizza? What has got on it? Everything, right? You got the sausage, the onions, the, all the meats, all the vegetables, some fruits maybe, right? Pineapple, whatever. I never seen a supreme pizza with pineapple just to digress for a second. But so supreme court like back in the 1780s when they were saying, "Okay, we've got these legislative, I mean these 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 three basic uh, branches of government. We got the legislative, we've got the executive, and now the judicial, we want to make this court seem the official shiznit. It's going to be like the top, the echelon. Do you know they couldn't call it the top echelon court? No, that didn't have a ring, you know, to it. What, you know, what kind of jargon were they using back in the late 1780s? The outstandingly crafty court. No, sir. I reject that sentiment. We shall not Name our top judicial system that. It will not be that. Well, what do you recommend, sire? Dear sir, to the left, what do you recommend? I recommend we call it the top court. Hogwash! 
No, we shall not call it that. We need a word that captures the full effect of what we're trying to say. Hmm. I have a notion. Perhaps. Supreme. Applaud! Applaud! Absolutely, sir! Good day to you. Hence, we have what's called the Supreme Court. Now, Thurgood Marshall, Sotomayor, Scalia. I mean, you you know the names, right? Because there's not that many. As of late, because they sit on that court forever. Rest in peace, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Sit on a court until they literally die. Okay? Now, for those that are in the know, for those that are immersed in the justice system, particularly at the higher levels, and maybe even not, we know that these nine minds have a plethora of backup and legal scholars behind them for a variety and myriad of reasons. They're supported. When they come to these decisions, now, I've often thought to myself, the Supreme Court's decisions should be child's play. They should be really easy. Do you know why? One word. Precedent. Precedent. The court is supposed to honor precedent. Right? And of course, the constitutionality of things. But as of late, it seems like precedent be damned. Fuck precedent. We doing what we want to do. Now, if you've ever seen or had the the opportunity to, to attend a State of the Union address, you'll see the justices and you'll see the um, executives of the, the, the upper echelon of the military. Okay? And the name escapes me right now. I'm not sure what their name is. I can't remember their name. You know what I'm talking about. The top military brass. Okay? The, the generals are there. So, and they are never supposed to applaud. They're supposed to remain expressionless because they're supposed to be unbiased, uninfluenced, neutral parties. Is Kavanaugh neutral? Huh? Is this latest um, young lady neutral? No! No, they're not. Now, they're supposed to be fair and balanced, like Fox News, right? Hmm? No, they're not. I don't think so. Elena Kagan is one of the names that I was thinking about. Samuel Alito, Brett Kavanaugh, Neil Gorsuch. So, are they unbiased? Are they... Fair. Are they what we want 
these nine people telling us what the fuck we can and cannot do. Now, the lower courts, there's so many courts. You got your local court. You got your state, your federal, your circuit, your county. You know, you got all of these, these systems in place basically to lock us the fuck up. Basically, that's about it. And to take our money, to fine us, to tax us for our bad behavior. Hmm? Yeah. So, I don't think it's right. And let me tell you what I think would be a better system. Because you say, yo, Mike, okay, okay, okay. You recognize, you, I agree with you. This, this, this is not right. These nine people, if they take your case, because the Supreme Court will slap your shit down like a, like a ten, like, like you play a handball. I'm from New York. Y'all know that, right? Born and raised in New York, the handball courts, and they play handball with that shit. Boom, boom, bounce that shit right back to you. Back to another court. We're too busy for that petty nonsense. You sort it out below. Sort it out. We all supreme. We ain't got time to fuck with your bullshit. We deal with the heavy shit. The heavy hitter, booming, booming cases. So, they, being the Supreme Court, have been entertaining and denying mask mandates, which is why I say I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat, I'm not an independent, I'm a man, I'm a human, okay? Because I understand and agree and disagree with points on both sides of the aisle and, and the third side of the aisle, if you want to include the independence thought. Okay. And one of the things I agree with is not mandating mass. And mandating is another word for forcing. Okay. Now, some would argue that the sheeple need to be guided. If you're unfamiliar with the term sheeple, I didn't make it up. Heard it somewhere along my lifetime. But it implies the combination of sheep and people. If you know anything about sheep, they're easily led. They need to be guided. So sheeple is a term that implies a mass group of people don't know what the fuck they're doing and they need to be told what to do every step of the way. Now, the effectiveness, the effectiveness of wearing a mask, I don't think can be denied, which is why last year we basically eradicated the flu. Mask combined with us wiping everything down and washing and zapping the moisture life out of our hand with the use of hand sanitizer with varying degrees of strength and alcohol levels and alcohol percentages, I should say. So. You looked at your hands lately after washing them 17,000 times and just rubbing gelled alcohol all over them. Surprisingly, they're not as crispy as they should be because I moisturize after I mine. And then some of this so-called hand sanitizer has moisturizer built in. How the fuck does that work in one squirt? Squirt, I'm getting gel 
alcohol and moisturizer and it's all after the alcohol evaporates it leaves the moisturization on my hands that's some magical shit some magical shit but again i digress right so listen to me when i tell you that mask work mask work okay breath coming straight out versus being obstructed it's not even science. The shit is logic. And you know how we do it here, right? The Mike's Opinion Podcast, what we do, we take our logic off the leash and we let it go. Logic unleashed. And it doesn't take a rocket science to understand why mask work. Okay, so mask work. We get it. We get it. However, you're going to tell me, you are going to tell me that you better wear a mask when you step out your fucking house. Well, fuck you and all of that. And here's why. This is the planet Earth. Planet Earth. These are the United States of America. And as of late, the ununited states of America. Because we are torn and tattered. But we live in a free land. At least that's the concept. And I bought into that concept. I am free to do whatever the fuck I want to. I am free to do whatever the fuck I or say whatever the fuck I want to say. I'm free to say whatever I want. Which damn sure ain't the case these days. Because if you ever heard this term called cancel culture, you know, say some say some shit, say some shit to get boy. They coming after you with the pitchforks and torches. They coming after you. Coming after your career, coming after your kids, they're coming after your life. Because they want to see you canceled and destroyed. But look, I understand that when you are in control of masses, and we're all being controlled if you're not in that upper crust that has long lineage and bloodlines of ruling believe it believe it okay it's just a fact so imagine for a second you are a congressman you are you know in the house or the senate you are a president you are a governor you are a mayor and you are responsible for what masses of people do. And there's a virus. Highly contagious. And if your town or state or country. Suffers mass death. People going to look at you and say. Well why didn't you try to stop this shit. So I understand both sides. I am an optimist. I'm also a bit of an extremist. Frankly, early on in this pandemic, I said we need to shut the entire country down for 3, 6, 12 months. Now, because our economy, money, dictates everything that we do, 
People said no, because we couldn't hand out free money and food. We got to keep this economy going. What happens if the economy shuts down? Now, the word economy, our economic system, it's a, it's a machine with many, many moving parts. Look at the restaurant industry, suffering. Hospitality industry, suffering. You know why? Because people realize they don't want to do that shit job. Listen to my episode entitled, Fuck Your Work, I'm Not Lazy. Give you a little more insight on how I feel about that. But yeah, so being responsible, I understand that. Being a layman, a person that's not in the political system, I understand that. But at the end of the day, when you when you whip up that equation, at the other side of that equal sign, I say no. Making and forcing people to do shit is wrong. You give them all the facts, mask will help. It's up to them if they want to wear the mask. And it doesn't matter why they choose it. Religious reasons. Anti-government, anti-social person. You know, it, it doesn't matter. They don't want to fuck with it. They don't want to fuck with it. So these, there's a major Supreme Court situation right now. And the latest is they shut down Biden's implementation of a nationwide man, mask mandate for all businesses because it says it's unconstitutional. At the end of the day, basically. So today, the Biden administration said they will concede and they will withdraw that quote-unquote suggestion that was really a mandate, wasn't a suggestion that all businesses must enforce a mask mandate. So bravo for the Supreme Court for that one. That's one that I happen to agree with, okay? Because nobody should be mandated, a.k.a. forced to do anything. Once again, like I said, I'm a dreamer. It would be great if everybody did the right thing, the good thing. we got so many people that are either ignorant, uneducated, or evil. You know, we just got some bad people. You ever met a bad, just a bad person? Rest assured that there are many of them that hold public office today. They're bad people. Frankly, that's just the the the, the truth of the matter. So, the mask mandate is one of the latest cases the Supreme Court has heard, but let's talk about some of the some of the other cases. Some notable cases. And I have many here when I did the research. You know, I always do the research uh, for the uh, for any episodes, especially of this nature. But all of them, really. I'd like to um, to be uh, a, web, uh, a podcast that, that, that gives you information, that informs you. Which is still commercial-free, by the way. Huh? 
Are you enjoying that? That you are not interrupted by commercials? I still don't know how long I'll be able to do that. And while I'm on that, please support the show. Please support the show. Now, of course, I need all kind of stuff for this show. If you can give a dollar, go to the show notes right now, pause the show, and go, and you will see three ways, four ways, actually, to do so. I have a GoFundMe out there, because I desperately need a new computer. Yo, when you save all of these episodes, you'll be surprised. You run out of, I've like, got four hard drives. I, I, need, I need your contribution. I need your support. Okay? Don't just be a fan. Please support. Go to my GoFundMe, five, ten dollars, and tell all your friends. Share it on your socials, please. I'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, but the GoFundMe is out there. The link is in the show notes. But it's helped the Mike's Opinion Podcast get a new computer. So please donate, contribute, support. If you don't want to do the GoFundMe, you can do Cash App, Venmo, or PayPal directly to me. I greatly appreciate that. If you're not able to contribute financially, and by the way, for the, the, those listeners that are just well to do, that are super rich, and you want to send me a box of cash, shoot me an email at Mike's Opinion Show at gmail.com. Once again, is in the show notes. Mike's Opinion Show at gmail.com. I'll send you my mailing address and you can send me a nice shoe box or even bigger box full of cold hard cash. I also accept crypto. Huh? You want to shoot me some crypto? Couple bitcoins or something? Let me know. Let me know. That would be greatly appreciated. But if you can't support the show in monetary fashion, support the show for free. You know how, don't you? Of course you do. The socials. Facebook. Instagram. Twitter. LinkedIn. Tumblr. All the, all the places. YouTube. Yo, check out my YouTube, please. I need to get my numbers up. Mike's Opinion Podcast is on YouTube, but I have yet to put a camera in front of my ugly mug. You don't want to see my face. Do you want to see my face? Shoot me an email at uh, Mike's Opinion Show at gmail.com. Let me know. I, I appreciate any and all feedback. But let me know if you want me to go video because that's what all these other podcasts are doing. And I just said, they're no longer podcasts. They're TV shows. They're shows. There's not a podcast anymore. Okay? That's just my opinion. But going back to some of these... um. Some of these cases, I wanted to talk about these notable cases. Um, back in 1803, one of the first cases um, was uh, Marbury versus Madison. Marbury v. Madison. There was another one, McCullough versus Maryland as well. Back in 1870, no, excuse me, 1857. Big case. Do you know what it is? Trivia time, huh? What was the landmark? or most notable case in the year 1857. Do you know? Hmm? I'll tell you. Dred Scott versus Sanford. It was a pre-Civil War case, and it put the question out there, if Congress had the constitutional power to prohibit slavery in free territories. Now, as a black man, anytime I read stuff like this, I, yeah, you know, I think of all the people that have suffered. Black people, my people, that have suffered. 
And it pains me, it bothers me, and it, it saddens me when I read stuff like this. So, but the question was, you know, did Congress have the, in the Dred, Dred Scott versus Sanford case, did Congress have the constitutional power to prohibit slavery in free territories? And a second question was whether the Constitution gave African Americans the right to sue in federal court, and they weren't calling us African Americans back then. You know the word they were using. It's the N-word, and I refuse to use it here today. But you know the word. The result of that case was no on both accounts, both questions. Congress could not prohibit slavery in territories, and African Americans also had no right to sue in federal court. In reaching these answers, the court Interpreting the Constitution as it existed before the Civil War amendments, which is Constitutional Amendments 13, 14, and 15, abolished slavery. They concluded that the people of African descent had none of the rights of citizens. Let me just repeat that. One of the results of the Dred Scott versus Sanford case in 1857, the Supreme Court concluded that people of African descent had none of the rights of citizens. Not even one. None. This is something the Supreme Court decided. The court further reasoned that slaves were property and therefore could not be taken from their owners without due process. So, how this even made it to court is a long story. Dred Scott versus Sanford. Feel free to enlighten yourself. It's um, taxing for anyone who has a heart and a conscious, a conscience and who's empathetic and caring as a human. Think of our sordid history, our violent, horrible history when it comes to slavery in America. The Dred Scott case became a central issue in the debate surrounding the expansion of slavery and further fueled the flames leading to the Civil War. Landmark Supreme Court case where a small number of individuals decided that slaves were still going to be slaves and had no rights. Another landmark case, very notable case, is Miranda versus Arizona back in 1966. And the issue was our peace, our police constitutionally required to inform people in custody of their rights. Miranda versus Arizona, hence the term we use today. Has your client been read his Miranda rights? Hmm? That they have the right to remain silent and to be assisted by an attorney. They can't fuck you up and make you say shit. You can just clam it. Talk to my attorney. I ain't got nothing to say to you. The court in this uh, Miranda versus Arizona 
The court found that the Fifth and Sixth Amendments require police to inform individuals in custody that they have a right to remain silent and to be assisted by an attorney. According to the court, the police... Uh, if the police fail to do so, a criminal court judge may rule that any statements made by the accused cannot be admitted as evidence during the trial. Hmm? So now they're famous, the Miranda warnings, and they're required before any police custodial interrogation. Supreme Court did that. I applaud that. Now, you ever heard that saying, the devils in the details. Well, I have dated CPAs, attorneys, doctors, and scientists. If you look back, my many conquests. No, I just I don't really mean to make light of that because I was a player. I'm married now. However, learn more about that. In past episodes, you may want to listen to the episode entitled, We Just Had Sex, where my wife joins me. I digress as usual, but details. There's a movie that comes to mind, The Devil's Advocate with Al Pacino, Charlize Theron, and Neo, a.k.a. Uh, what's the case? What is his name? Oh, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Very entertaining movie. But it's a clear example, attorneys messing in shit, like everything. And they exploit the details of the details. Like, you take a magnifying glass, and then you look through another magnifying glass with your first one, and then look through another, it's, it's, yes. The details are exploited. But they say the devil is in the details. And I don't know where that phrase originated. Because you can pretty much prove any point with particular details. I remember one um, one CPA I was dating. At the time, she wasn't a CPA. And I was with her when she acquired her MBA. And I helped her study for the CPA exam, Certified Public Accountant. And this is the kind of shit this on the CPA exam. So instead of saying one plus one equals two, they'll say some shit like 67 three hundredths plus 233 300 plus 8.65 minus 0.65 plus 92 divided by 4 multiplied by 0.25 equals what? Instead of just saying 1 plus 1 equals 2. Now, do I understand why accountants Attorneys, doctors, scientists have to be pushed until detailsville? Of course. Because if you got somebody that's keeping you tax compliant, that's 
fucking with your finances, you want them to be detail-oriented so they can find every deduction possible. Do you want a doctor who deals in generalities? Or do you want a doctor who's specific and looks for the details in your ailment or cure? Same thing with an attorney. Typically, if you're in need of an attorney, it's... Is there any, is there any good situation to need an attorney? Perhaps. Mostly not. And you want that attorney to represent you in the details. I get it. I get it why it's sometimes necessary. But I also know that usually not only is there elegance and simplicity, you can reach those same truths and conclusions through simplicity. But we've delved, humanity has delved into these societies where exploitation of details is utilized and some would deem necessary. I tend to disagree. I like simplicity. I like the elegance of simplicity. The messiness of detail is just that. It's complicates shit. So, I get it. In the Miranda versus Arizona case back in 66, 1966, I get it. And I think to myself, the Supreme Court justices and their army of underlings who are also quite proficient attorneys who, who, who have aspirations and dreams of one day sitting on the high court. It is their life's wish. But how it took all of these hive minds and thrust up through these just handful of justices to come to the conclusion that a person should be able to say, I don't have shit to say to you, cop. Get my lawyer. Right? Right? And that's what's involved in all of these cases that I will mention today. And I don't have that many more because I'm going to have to wrap this up. I try to go only go an hour and I'm already several minutes away from that. But, you know, I just, um, it astounds me that we, we have to go through all of these people, hoopla and supremeness to come to conclusions that should be relatively easy. To land at. Logic. Compassion. Empathy. Kindness. And fairness. Shouldn't be complicated. Now. There was a case. Regents of the University of California. Versus Bakey. Back in 78. And this has to do. With college admissions. You may have heard the term called affirmative action. Hmm? The issue at hand with the, the regents 
of UC versus Bakey. Can an institution of higher learning use race as a factor when making admissions decisions? This was a question posed to the Supreme Court back in 1978. The court came back and said that universities may use race as part of an admission process as long as fixed quotas are not used. Okay? So they couldn't be filling a quota. Per se. The court determined that the specific system in place at the University of California Medical School was unnecessary to achieve the goal of creating a diverse student body and was merely a fixed quota and therefore was unconstitutional. Now, that decision started a line of cases in which the court upheld affirmative action programs. And in uh, 2003, such uh, academic affirmative action programs were again directly challenged by Gratz versus Bollinger. And Grutter versus Bollinger. And in those cases, the court clarified that the admission program that include race as a factor can pass constitutional muster, so long as the policy is narrowly tailored and does not create an automatic preference based on race. Now, along that line of thinking, recently it has been discovered that certain COVID medication at certain hospitals was being doled out with race as a factor being considered. Now, hear me out. I know you might think I'm biased because I'm a black man, but just hear me out for a second. It appears logical to me that if you have a people that has been tortured, murdered, Denied fairness in literally every facet and has been enslaved for over 400 years. 400 years. And now said people have been Allowed into the fold. Per se. Supposedly. Seemingly. Let into the fold. You might want to say, hmm. They used to get their ass beat for even looking at a book. If they were trying to educate themselves, they'd get strung up and beat, if not worse. You're not going to get no education, boy. What's wrong with you? You want to be smart like me? Wouldn't it seem logical that those people should be afforded some consideration in literally everything? But in this case, we're talking about college. For 400 years, said people, were denied an education. So now that we're allowing them to participate in this society, let's do the right thing. If they've demonstrated even the slightest interest, the slightest capability to participate in the requirements of college life, 
Let's allow them to do so in front of everyone else. Seems logical. Right? I don't know if you can tell what side of affirmative action I'm on, but yeah. Moving on from that notable case, MAP versus Ohio back in 1961 is another very noticeable uh, notable case. Um, Cleveland, Ohio, the police, they thought that Miss MAP was hiding a suspected bomb in her home. And they forcefully entered without a warrant. And summarily speaking, the Supreme Court said, eh, 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 eh. you can't do that because they found some questionable shit in her home, okay? And she got arrested because of it. But they were there for something else. Looking for this bomber that wasn't there. And while they're looking for this bomber, oh, what's that shit over there sitting on your table? Oh, no, you're going to jail for that shit. And the court said, no. If you run into some other shit, why are you looking for something else? And you didn't have justification to be looking for that other shit? Then you can't be arrested for that other shit. That's basically MAP versus Ohio. Now, before I go into this next case, huge, huge case, notable case, Supreme Court handled, I just want to preface this by saying, pray for some people, please. Because the hatefulness for some of the participants and those that brought this case or made this case even possible, you have to have a special level of hate in your heart to hate the children. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the 1954 case Brown versus the Board of Ed. The Board of Education. And that issue was, do racially segregated public schools violate the Equal Protection Clause? The answer was yes. The unanimous court overturned Plessy versus Ferguson. And they held that state laws requiring or allowing racially segregated schools violate the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. The court famously stated... Separate educational facilities are inherently unequal. Now, that was 1954. Fast forward to 2022, the year in which we are in. I pose to you that we are still segregated by class, by money, and yes, by race. Still. There is no doubt schools in the hood have less of everything. And when I say schools in the hood, allow me to translate for you. Schools in economically impoverished areas. Schools in higher crime areas. 
schools in areas with subpar infrastructure. Well, who do you, hmm, let me see, who do you think resides in these aforementioned neighborhoods? Black and brown people. African American, Latino people. That's who still continues today in 2022. I don't know if you believe in God. It doesn't matter what you believe in, but you can say bless those children who had to climb those steps or enter those doorways as the first black people. Think for a second. Close your eyes for just a second. Remember when you were six, seven, eight years old. And imagine for a second that you arrive at your new school and everyone hates you. There are mobs yelling, spitting at you and on you. That's why I prefaced it with what I said. The hate of some people. I have a seven-part series called Healing. Check it out. Healing was an acronym. The first episode is H or hate rather for the letter H. And I dive deeper into hatred. And when I think of Brown versus the Board of Education, I think of the hatred that existed. And the bravery of those that had to confront that hate. But that is another very, very notable case. That the Supreme Court. Seems like they they, 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 they came to once again. What I deem an obvious logical decision. The Brown decision is heralded as a landmark decision in Supreme Court history. The court held that even though a Louisiana law required rail passengers to be segregated by based on race, there was no violation of the 14th Amendment Equal Protection Clause, so long as the accommodations at issue were separate but equal. By overturning this doctrine, the Brown Court helped lay the groundwork for civil rights movement integration across this whole country. Huge case. Huge case. And when you think of the people, once again, and the army behind them, all these legal scholars, these legal minds, the arguments that took place to come to a decision, you know, and I understand the climate of those times. Oh, man. Civil rights movement was, was, was fast approaching and, and, you know, you look where we're at, we're at 2022 today. Have we overcome? No. No. We haven't. 
I'm looking at these cases here. But the last case I'm going to discuss today is one that's on the court's radar. Um, it's a 1973 case. So it's been here for quite some time, but it's been contested continually, really. But it seems like it has with this, with this conservative court with so many, um, conservatively appointed judges on the Supreme Court. It's a conservative court and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't ever be conservative or liberal. It should be a fair court is what it should be. I'm a dreamer though. If you don't know what I'm talking about, cases Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade, it deals with the, the, it deals with abortion. It deals with a woman's rights. Does the Constitution prohibit laws that severely restrict or deny a woman's access to abortion? That was the key issue in Roe v. Wade. I'll read it again. Does the Constitution prohibit laws that severely restrict or deny a woman's access to abortion? The result of that case and the answer to that question was yes. The court concluded that such laws violate the Constitution's right to privacy. The court held that under the 14th Amendment, due process clause states may only restrict abortions toward the end of a pregnancy in order to protect the life of the woman or the fetus. Now, Roe v. Wade has become a centerpiece in the battle over abortion rights, both in public and in front of the court. We live in a society where we're almost forced to choose a side. There is no existence in neutrality. What do you believe in? Who do you stand for? Who you rolling with? Who you get down with? What? Okay? That's, that's what we doing. And have been for a long time. Something may be fundamentally wrong with humans. I've said that before. I understand both sides of it. Read about it. Contemplated. You have a life. You have a, a biological existence that can't defend itself. Hasn't exited the womb, but some say can still feel and demonstrate characteristics of a human being. Then you have the woman who for 
many reasons may not want to carry that fetus to term and engage in the joys and burdens of parenthood. As you know, I mentioned earlier, I am from New York, born and raised in New York City. But I currently reside in Texas. Recently in Texas, they have, and the Supreme Court recently upheld, that anything past six weeks cannot have an abortion. It's illegal. Not only is it illegal, but anyone can sue or report anyone performing abortions. The science says many people don't even know they're pregnant at six weeks. It's particularly based on when the woman's menstrual cycle takes place. So, just like the mask mandate I talked about earlier, forcing anyone, and in this case, even on behalf of an unborn fetus, is wrong. And let's be civil enough to agree to disagree if you happen to disagree. It's okay. You can believe and, 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 um, support the things you want to. And I can, and we can still be friends. We can still be civil. You hold your beliefs. I'll hold mine. They don't have to destroy us from within and turn us into mortal enemies. But yes, I believe the woman should have the right to make that decision. But what's outlandish? What's heinous? What is frankly criminal in my opinion is that in the state of Texas, that law that I mentioned that was recently passed, that you can't have an abortion after six weeks. It's illegal. Includes incest and rape. Now, I won't say certain things are beyond my understanding because I understand hatred. I understand financial motivations. I understand narcissism. I understand those with the addiction to control. But if you are raped and you are a woman in the state of Texas and your menstrual cycle makes it two months before you even have a hint that you may need to go get a pregnancy test or see your physician and you find out at eight, nine weeks, and sometimes it's a lot later for women, that you're pregnant, you got to leave the state if you want to have an abortion. And I, I just, I want to be on the record that even though 
I support a woman's right to choose. I think abortion by itself is a hideous thing. But so is murder. So is slavery. So is death. So so many other things. I recently saw a news story with video, because everything has video these days, right? Where a young teen casually drove up to a dumpster, tossed her newborn with umbilical cord still attached, nonchalantly into the dumpster and drive away. Fortunately, the baby was rescued. We've all heard that story, right? Baby found in a dumpster. And for anybody listening to this that may be pregnant, that's an unwanted pregnancy, you can take it to the fire station or the hospital. In many states, no questions asked. Do that. Instead. But abortion is horrible. Murder is horrible. Killing. A baby just sounds outlandish and horrendous. So I'm not for that. Not for that. But I would also not want a woman to birth a child she's going to despise, resent, hate, can't afford, will not care for well. What kind of life? You know, it's just life for life's sake. These people, they don't think about what the life is. Is it a a good life you want to bring into this world? Or is it just life for life's sake? In 1973, Roe v. Wade determined that it's the woman's choice. In 2022, it's a real possibility that we will go backwards. And I talked about precedent earlier. Will today's court uphold precedent? Will today's court borrow and learn from the court's past determinations and conclusions? Will they borrow from that wisdom and all the work it took to come to that conclusion? Because like I said, I believe it's the right conclusion. I believe it's the right thing to do. I believe Roe v. Wade was correctly decided. What do you think? I always want to know what you want, you know, what you got to say about it. Chime in, shoot me an email, Mike's Opinion Show at gmail.com. The Supreme Court is wonderful and horrible. I've always thought that. We should have a council of elders. Those that have earned experience 
that have demonstrated the ability to conquer existence on earth. Meaning they are wise, they are healthy, they are physically healthy. Okay? They're not obese. They've able to control their, their eating, their exercise. You ever seen a senior citizen that just looks great and you're like, damn, I want to be that. We need to counsel those people that have done it right on earth, that have demonstrated empathy, that have witnesses to their fairness. And it needs to be more than nine people. Okay? More than nine people should be not... should. It, 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 it takes more than nine people to determine the, the, the lives of millions. The how they live our lives, how we live our lives. It should take more than nine people to decide the rules of hundreds of millions of people. And those people should not have any political influences. They shouldn't be loyal to any party. That is how I feel about it. So, again, chime in. Mike's Opinion Show at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. Hit me up on any of the socials. Message me, DM me, whatever. Holler at me. Let me know how you feel about it. But that's what I have on the Supreme Court today. Hopefully you learned something. Maybe one day you'll be a Supreme Court justice. And you'll think back to this episode. And you will be fair and impartial. And you will be empathetic and logical. And do the best thing. Because as we all know, we can't please everyone, right? I sure wish we could. I sure wish we could I'm Mike and this is the Mike's Opinion Podcast thank you so much for listening thank you so much for listening to Mike's Opinion Logic Unleashed Unleashed.